and with everything that's going on, the stores are all sold out of most of the things that we all think we cannot live without. But most of those items I really don't need to live within my means. If I remember this simple truth, happiness is beans. Welcome to On Uninformed. I'm Sean Seavey. The COVID-19 pandemic has affected millions who have become ill or even have died. But I'd say even more widespread is the emotional toll of quarantines, job loss, political divisions, and overall uncertainty. That's why I wanted to focus this podcast season on how people are navigating this new normal. Today I'm featuring three people who have navigated this pandemic through poetry. I feel like this is one of the best ways to express all of the emotions, whether it's anger, fear, hope, optimism, and even excitement. We talk about problems and solutions on the first ever ununinformed COVID-19 slamdemic. Not only will we feature these three poets, but we'll also listen to a couple musicians who wrote original songs about the pandemic. Let's jump into it. We'll start with Hannah Watts. Hannah Watts, welcome to the Ununinformed Slamdemic. Let's hear a poem. This poem is called A Week in Coronaville. <laughs> I'm going to love this. Monday, I stay home. I fight this battle for lives in my sweatpants on the couch, at the kitchen table, downstairs, in my room, at the kitchen table, upstairs in the living room, downstairs on the couch, in my room, in the bathroom, at the kitchen sink, washing my hands for 20 seconds, 3,000 times a day. For the ones who might die, I stay home and wish for a future when going to a friend's house isn't a moral dilemma because lives are at stake and to visit a pal might result in a visit to a hospital where choices might have to be made that should never have to be made. Tuesday and Wednesday. I wouldn't have imagined waking up in this room, my brother's bedroom with the walls painted blue. Weeks ago, I was sowing seeds in the fertile Piedmont. Now I wake up in the desert. The city I come from is deserted. I got on a plane, got a vacation undeserved. And while I sit in the sun, the seeds I planted die. With numbers of humans rising daily, experiencing their own novel desiccation, while villainous f***ers up the nation, the state of the union united in distance, avoiding each other and thus devastation. I'm telling you though, listen, listen to the news, to all the excuses the gold men spew. This virus spreads fear and reveals corruption, leaves the masses waiting with no other option. Predacious diseases devour the Senate. I pray my generation will never forget it. On Tuesday, I woke up crying in the blue room. Too much news, too little to do. I worked all day with a leak on my cheekbone, my displacement eased by the ease of home, but indefinite, disconcerting, anxious, and alone. On Wednesday, I read a book instead of my phone. Soothed by ignorance, I sucked up words unrelated to the problem at hand, watching my thoughts of the sickness infecting the land float by on a clear meditative stream. To think of the end of this disease is to dream, and dreaming is what Americans do, so let me dream up a scenario for you. 
We knock our hands bloody, beg sense of our peers. We shout justice and action into every ear. We all want this to end, this carnage that could have been few. But if we forget, fall complacent, change nothing we do, then this will not end. If this is just another day that we woke up in the blue room after a few strange dreams, then I'm afraid that this will not end. Thursday. Thursday never happened. Some days just disappear. Friday. I can see myself on the corner of the screen, fiddling with my bangs, talking about imaginary things with the other moving pictures. I watch myself speak and feel silly the whole time, knowing that in the unseen, the invisible lies the power. Saturday, I write a poem about pine trees. Go for a hike in the woods, smell the bark. I'm grateful to be home. I didn't know when I would come home again. I missed the intensity of the sun and all the space of the mountains. I have been here three weeks now. Ponderosa Pine. The Pondy is a bar in my hometown. Hiding behind a Pondy is a good way to be found. Jake plucked some needles and made pine needle tea. I was mighty lucky that he shared it with me. Grandma paid a buck a barrel for needles we would rake. We spent it all at the corner store buying zebra cakes. Ponderosa woods are known to burn like tinder. I've seen mighty trees turn to dusty ash and cinder. Ponderosa resin heals respiratory disease. We may need it more than ever in times like these. Ponderosa pondy pinus old pine tree. You have gone ahead and made a sap out of me. Sunday prayer. Creator of souls and mountains, good morning. Before this virus, you were and I was. We forever will be. Hope feels courageous today and somewhat avant-garde, but I crave it. Feed me the milk and honey, please, I thirst. The least shall be the greatest, you were right. Our small antagonist remains in flight. Yet I feeling smaller than I ever have am bigger. And so are you, I would assume. Monday. I stay home. I fight this battle for lives in my sweatpants on the couch, at the kitchen table downstairs in my room, at the kitchen table upstairs in the living room, downstairs on the couch, in my room, in the bathroom, at the kitchen sink, watching my hands for 20 seconds, 3,000 times a day. The downside of me asking questions is it's kind of like having to explain a joke. You know, I don't want to ruin the magic, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so much of that poem speaks for itself. Um, but perhaps you could give me a little context on your personal journey. Um, this was this was talking about your travels a little bit literally, right? Can you can you just yeah. give me some context there? Sure. Yeah. So I live and work in Pennsylvania, um, and I I'm a student. I'm studying horticulture out here. Um, so the way that this all happened for us, for me and my cohort of nine or eight other students, was that we woke up on Sunday morning with an email that said, everyone has to leave. <laughs> and that was all the information I had. So like, I just had so many emotions about that. And, and we didn't know how long we would be gone and we had literally planted seeds that were that were small tender on oh, the seeds that were going to die that's what you're talking about 
yeah, so literally the seeds that I planted when I was, I had to leave here, I'd go home to my home in Colorado, um, which you know, ultimately was a great blessing to me. Yeah. But um, it was really emotional. Life interrupted in such a dramatic way, that, like being on the other side of the country and leaving my job and my plants. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I, the first, the first few weeks that I was in Colorado, I was really struggling to process everything. And I would wake up and just have a different experience every single day. And that's what this poem was about. Like yeah. some days feeling rage <laughs> and being just incensed with anger and frustration for the the way that this has been handled by our, our leaders. Um, and other days I would just wake up exhausted and like nothing would happen. Yeah. <laughs> I would just do nothing all day. And, and other days I would have a great day with my family and enjoy a sunny day in Colorado and it was great. So this, this poem was about that story of just taking it day by day and feeling all the things that are, that one can feel in this situation. But also I think one part of it that was really important to me was that, that this experience doesn't just go away, you know, like we, yeah. we are in this moment and I think we've all had more time to reflect than we've ever had in our whole lives yeah. <laughs> um, and learned great lessons and come to great realizations and seen things that need to change in the world to make not only our lives better, but like everyone's lives better. And yeah. so if we just like, when this is over, which is, you know, it will be over someday. Yeah. And if we just, roll out of it into like summer and have fun and everything's great. And then we totally forget that, that there like are these huge inequalities in our country and that there are problems <laughs> that made this happen. <laughs> I mean, didn't make it happen exactly, but complicated it and may have cost human lives. Like, I just don't think it's okay if we forget that. And and on top of that, forgetting the lessons that we've learned, like letting go and being happy in adversity, like those lessons that we learn inside of ourselves during this time can also leave us. Yeah. But we we just can't let them. If we want the world to get better and we want to live in a future where something like this, where like so many people are in danger and there's like so much anger and polarization and just ferocity happening. Like we just need to be sure that this never happens again. And that's up to us. Um, and if we just forget and move on, it, it could happen again. That was Hannah Watts with a week in Coronaville.
We have two more poets that we need to hear from, but let's take a little break and listen to a song that was submitted a few weeks ago when I asked listeners to submit COVID-themed songs to be featured on the podcast. Here's Joy Frost with the Social Distancing Song. You gotta practice social distancing if you wanna be a pro. The boy you'll never be as good as me at the queen of staying home. You gotta practice social distancing, don't you go to work or school. But I've been self-isolating since before it was cool, hey. My claim to fame is my strong quarantine game. I don't socialize. Yeah, I got supplies. My claim to fame is my strong quarantine game. I don't socialize. Good supplies. You gotta practice social distancing if you wanna be the best. Practice makes perfect, that's why introverts are blessed. You gotta practice social distancing, proper hygiene is the rule. But I have been washing my hands since before it was cool. Hey, my claim strong quarantine game I don't socialize yeah I got supplies my claim to fame is my strong quarantine game I don't socialize yeah I got supplies that was Joy Frost with the social distancing song her YouTube video of that song is in the show notes. Next, let's hear Melanie Cox. Melanie Cox, welcome to the show. Thanks. What's the name of your poem? So this is called Wavenel Villanelle. Waves made by friction still ebb and flow. The moon in her power maintains all control. The trick is in learning to breathe and let go. A fine plan for calm days, but in times of woe, surely it's better to coax and cajole Waves made by friction still ebb and flow. I've practiced coercion, it's something I know. So I grab my container, I lower my bowl. The trick is in learning to breathe and let go. I'm knocked over, surprised, pulled in undertow. Unaffected, waves continue to rise and unroll. Waves made by friction still ebb and flow. Spun in the waves, I feel deeper to go. Which way's up, where is down? What was my real goal? The trick is in learning to breathe and let go. Spit back on the beach, the water will show. My error was thinking I knew more than the whole. Waves made by friction still ebb and flow. The trick is in learning to breathe and let go. Oh, let's get a snap for that. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Wow, another great theme here. The trick is learning to breathe and let go. My first question First of all, I noticed this poem doesn't say anything about a pandemic explicitly, mm-hmm. but was, was is this about the pandemic experience for you? Um, yes and no. I mean, in first writing it, um, 
the theme of the like original poetry slam it was written for was like make it themed according to pandemic yeah um, and so at first i was trying to make it more specific but like the concept of waves and like the line of like the trick is in learning to breathe and let go um was just like free write i'd been doing free writing i'd been doing a little bit before the pandemic had started i'd just been feeling like i guess a little like frustrated about powerlessness in life powerlessness in powerlessness in relationships powerlessness in like wanting to control or contain or like be in charge of things in my life yeah. um and so that was kind of where i was going to try and take the poem is like make it more romantically inclined um and then it just was like feeling too forced and didn't feel like it actually made sense that way yeah. um but i feel like when i finally got like that second stanza in of like a fine plan for calm days but in times of woe i was like yeah right now we need to try and control things when there's an earthquake happening when there's a pandemic and that's when it felt like the poem shifted to be like if you're going to survive this smell you have to be able to like breathe and chill out and like this is not something you're going to be able to control so you have to like let up the trick is to breathe and let go let's talk about that trick cuz i want to learn that trick now <laughs> Just to back up a little bit, for some people, letting go may mean give up. But what do you mean by let go? Um, so it's a metaphor I use a lot when I'm talking about breathing um, in meditation or in just like acceptance. Um, thinking of like waves letting go of a wave isn't like trying to coerce the wave it's not trying to like um contain the wave or giving up on the waves coming back like we understand enough about water to know like tides are going to come in and they're going to go out and waves are going to be different sizes and that's yeah. just how the ocean is and we love her for it but we can't control her yeah. um and so i think letting go is less about like throwing up your hands and giving up and more about like Okay, I can choose to run away from the waves if I want. I can choose to not be on the beach, but if I want to experience the waves, I have to acknowledge that I'm probably going to get wet. And like <laughs> getting wet might be discomfort, it might be pain, it might be depression, whatever, but like um I don't know, I kind of feel like if we're going to live life without avoiding life, then we kind of have to um be willing to go through some through some trials and hardships and not be comfortable all the time. Now you're saying this is something you've thought about a lot or maybe talked about a lot. You're a therapist? Yeah, I work as a marriage and family therapist. Ah, uh -huh. so so really breathing let go is something you tell people regularly. Yeah, like this wave metaphor I think I used with a client earlier that week. So <laughs> So it was, it was, so there's no doubt how genuine this is. This is something it, you're seeing. Waves are a big theme in my life. I live in Utah, so not actually, but like yeah, I see this daily and I see people try and control waves and try and contain waves and bless their hearts. It just doesn't ever work. <laughs> yes. And yes, I have been in the ocean too. So, that, and then I have tried, I, I know what it's like in splash in the face, but sometimes riding the waves, I mean, surfers love waves mm -hmm. and that there's a way to, to move forward with that. Yeah. Melanie, thank you so much. Of course. Finally, we have Lydia Chadwick. Lydia, let's jump right into it. So my poem is called Happiness is Beans. And here we go. Yeah. There once was a woman named Georgie White who pioneered rafting the Grand. She had methods of feeding her crew so unique. 
she could never be called bland. Her scant attention to creature comforts were not the normal way, but in her examples, a lesson to learn to be applied today. At dinner time, you'd pick a can of what? You couldn't be sure because she'd take the labels off after buying them at the store. Excitedly, you'd take your turn picking from the pile and you'd hope you'd open yours to find a food that would make you smile. Peaches or pears or beans or spaghetti, you never really knew. But that was half the fun of it being on Georgie's crew. You'd sit and eat your mystery can and feel so content it seemed that God was smiling down on you and happiness is beans. Now, that was a very long time ago and today we're much more spoiled. But with earthquakes and plagues and layoffs and stress, a lot of our plans have been foiled. And with everything that's going on, the stores are all sold out of most of the things that we all think we cannot live without. But most of those items I really don't need to live within my means. If I remember this simple truth, happiness is beans. When I look in my cupboard that's almost bare and feel like I want to scream, I remind myself that things will get better and happiness is beans. Happiness is beans. That needs a snap. <laughs> I love it. Oh, so good, Lydia. Thank you. Wonderful. I'm smiling, and people in the podcast won't see how, how big I'm smiling right now. But happiness is beans. Can that just be my theme for uh, until there's a vaccine? <laughs> uh, so so kind of tell me where you were when you're writing this and what state of mind you're in. Um, yeah, so I mean, it was not too long into kind of these stay-at-home orders that we'd all had. Um, but it was it was long enough that we're all kind of starting to get a little agitated and things are starting to uh, the novelty of the uh, stay at home orders and the quarantine has kind of worn off. And it's like, oh, this actually isn't as fun as we all thought it would be. Right. <laughs> right. Not that we thought it was fun, but like, you know, it was kind of a new thing. And yeah. And I just had this day that was just feeling overwhelming and it was just like oh my gosh like i'm trying to stay home trying to stay out of the store all i have is just this like this food that i don't want to eat and it just seems so hard but then uh so then when i sat down to write this poem i, I something that i wanted to kind of convey was this concept of like uh perspective is everything right yeah uh, georgie white she was this famous character in the rafting community um, there's even a rapid named about her in the Grand Canyon oh, yeah. and she was sort of known for shrugging off these typical creature comforts for herself and her passengers, but while still providing them like a really great time down the Canyon. Uh, and it, people, she'd say, if you want to eat, go to a restaurant. If you want to see the Canyon, come with me. <laughs> and people just loved her. So, uh, something I wanted to, to kind of show was that like, it's all about how you're seeing it. And, in both scenarios, you have uh, just a can of beans, but when you're sitting down after a long day of paddling in the Grand Canyon, you sit down in the sand, you're stoked to open this can of beans and just <laughs> feast on it. But when you're at home and you're used to all these cush, 
things right at your fingertips, it seems like such a hardship. And really, it, it can be a, quite a wonderful thing if you decide for it to be. And so I think I kind of like this idea of the year 2020 being this mystery can that none of us really knew what we were getting into <laughs> until that was what we got stuck with. Yeah. And this idea that you choose to be happy with what you got or you can choose to be upset with it, but it doesn't really change it. And 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 not only were you talking about coping, but you're talking about happiness being beans. And I'm just impressed right. by that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a and, little odd, but I think you can. I think you can choose to be happy that about that. Yeah, and I, I feel like a lot of people um, in this pandemic or any other time really – they feel like they're knocked off balance when they encounter something unexpected. It, they're, we're used to our, our balance. It keeps being a theme in, in conversations of people being knocked off balance. But I really appreciate the, it, where, where they, they open up the, the can and they're like, I'm not ready for this. Um, yeah. But, but the novelty there, I, I really appreciate your perspective on that. Yeah, it can, it can either be uh, something that you you dread every night opening your can or it can be exciting. <laughs> now, have you have you told this to yourself, happiness as beans? Has that been, has, has that changed the game a little bit? <laughs> How's that I working for so. you? I think so. I mean, obviously, I don't think I would have made these connections if it, if it hadn't been, if I hadn't taken the time to like sit down and write this. But since writing it, yeah, I think there's been several times where I've like kind of moaned, started to moan and groan about something and just been like, hey, like happiness is beans. Like, <laughs> it's you know, not I, that bad. <laughs> I, and I really, I really got to admit, like, since, since I, I was aware you're going to submit this poem and I had read this before, just as I was driving today and I was just thinking about uh, uh, the, the theme and kind of the happiness is be beans kind of echoed in my mind. And I think I will continue to use that mantra. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you all. We got Lydia, Melanie, and Hannah. Thank you so much for, for joining me and just expressing how you're navigating this new normal. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. That was the COVID-19 Slamdemic with Hannah Watts, Lydia Chadwick, and Melanie Cox poeming about how they are navigating this new normal. And a special thanks to Aaron Knudsen, who organized the original Slamdemic a couple months ago. Now let's hear an original parody, Don't Come Out and Play, by Cough Spring. You gotta keep us separated. It sounds a bit like Come Out and Play, by Offspring. The vocals are by Ben Allred, with all instruments done by Robert Bradshaw. Nothing like a good old Weird Al style close to this episode and to this season. Let's hear it.
This concludes our season focused on how people are navigating this new normal during the COVID-19 pandemic. If this is the first episode you've listened to in this season about COVID-19ing, consider listening to our episode about a churro-making entrepreneur having a thriving business during a shutdown, or an episode about a therapist doing telehealth therapy, teaching us about emotional hygiene, or a rapper macroeconomist rapping about how pandemics affect world economies. And finally, an episode about a neuroscientist answering the question, can we trust science during the pandemic? Thanks for listening. And let's get back to some cough spring. Thanks everybody. Hey! Fever Temple 103! Don't come out! Gotta keep us separated. <laughs>